President, Sabina, Minister, Lord Lieutenant, High Sheriff, ladies and gentlemen, Aguina uh, Ushla. Uh, as was mentioned, this is my first visit, our first time to visit the Liverpool Irish Centre, but it is one that I will certainly remember, given the importance of the occasion and the distinguished company that we are keeping. I want to thank all those involved in organising this morning's event, including your Chair, Maura Doolan, Maureen Morrissey, your manager, the trustees, staff and volunteers of the centre, without whom this very joyful gathering could not have been organised. I also want to thank all of the many other Irish organisations across Merseyside who have sent representatives to this wonderful occasion to meet our special guests we have with us today. In a few brief moments, it will be my honour to introduce uh, Michael D. Higgins, President of Ireland, on his third visit as President to Liverpool. I am also delighted that his wife, Sabina Higgins, is here this afternoon. As well as being the President's life partner, Sabina shares his passion for and commitment to equality, human rights and the arts, and his deep interest in the welfare of the Irish community in Britain. And the President and Sabina are accompanied by a good Clare man, Minister Pat Breen, uh, who represents the Irish government and who has a very important trade and business portfolio in our government, which of course is central to the relationship between our two countries. During his first term in office, the President's inaugural visit abroad in 2012 was to Britain. And now, Shortly after commencing his second term, his first visit abroad is again to Britain. President Higgins has had an abiding interest in the Irish community in Britain since long before anyone started to talk about the concept of a diaspora or the Irish government had a diaspora strategy. Indeed, throughout his academic life and his parliamentary career as a senator, a TD and government minister, he has been deeply engaged with the issues around emigration, Irish emigration, and in particular, the Irish immigrant community in Britain. This deep personal interest and concern has been reinforced by the President's family links in Britain and his frequent visits to this country over many decades. I had the honour of serving President Higgins and Aris and Lutheran for the first two and a half years of his presidency. From direct experience, I know how much the story and experience of the Irish community in Britain means to the President and to Sabina. Indeed, when he last visited this centre in 2012, he also gave a lecture on the Irish in Liverpool at the Institute for Irish Studies at the University of Liverpool, which some of you here may well have attended. And yesterday, he and Sabina were back in the Institute for Irish Studies, together with their Royal Highnesses Prince Charles, Prince Charles and the Duchess of Cornwall to mark their joint patronage uh, of the Irish Institute. And it was very striking yesterday uh, on that visit, on that occasion, the warmth that there was between their Royal Highnesses um, and the President and Sabina, something which I think uh, is very, very important in our relationship uh, at this challenging time. President Higgins is a poet, an academic and a statesman, an advocate for human rights and equality, 
a promoter of inclusive citizenship and of the welfare of our citizens abroad, and a champion of creativity within Irish society. Last November, he was re-elected by a massive majority of the Irish people to serve a second term in office as president. And as he begins that term, it is wonderfully appropriate that he should be back in Liverpool to meet its Irish community in what is the most Irish city in Britain. So ladies and gentlemen, it is my great honour to introduce Uthran Neheran, Michael D. Higgins. A minister, ambassador, Lord Lieutenant, uh, Sheriff, uh, distinguished guests, all above all, uh, members of the Irish community of all the different generations. Perhaps you'll allow me, as so many did in the 19th century, and uh, begin their conversations in Liverpool in the Irish language. Going back then to the other language, as of what I have just said, I am so appreciate the opportunity of speaking in Irish, but it's so wonderful to be here in Liverpool. And I have just thanked uh, you yourselves for the warmth of the reception that you have given uh, to Sabina and I and those travelling with me. I'm delighted to be accompanied by Minister Pat Breen, who is a frequent visitor to the Midlands and to the region, and who has such responsibilities in the area of employment and technology and small enterprises and he represents the Irish government and His Excellency the Ambassador Adrian O'Neill and Ashley and I want to thank also those in the Department of Foreign Affairs who have helped me with this visit. I've always been, I did indeed begin my first presidency in 2012. I had just been elected in November 2011 with a, a visit to Liverpool. And I'm beginning my second term with a visit to Liverpool. Uh, I have a connection, indeed, as the ambassador has said, of a family kind with the Midlands. Uh, my sisters, twins, they were twins, are part of the great emigration of between 1955 and 1960, when a quarter of a million Irish people emigrated, nearly all of them, to England. And... Uh, that particular time, which was interesting, uh, you could get a job working for British Rail in their cafeterias. They sent you a rail ticket from the nearest railway station, and they looked after. They found you digs, as we would say in Ireland, for a month, and that is, they went on to build their families in Shaw and Oldham and in the general Manchester area. I know now you have to mention we're not talking about soccer. Let me show you immediately, and you're still three points 
clear as yourself. But, uh, but I think that this is that is a family connection. But in my work over the years later, uh, looking at the experience of the Irish in the different centuries, Liverpool is just so important. I want to say what a pleasure it is to be here uh, back again in this centre itself. Because the centre is important. It isn't when you travel abroad as President of Ireland, it's important to meet very many people. But I particularly want to meet those who, in a voluntary way and in a professional way, and in a necessary way, are of assistance to the Irish communion in what, as I say, in all of their circumstances, sometimes in vulnerable in so many different ways. So I'm glad to return uh, to Liverpool Irish Centre rather than it was St Michael's when I was here the last time. But I think that, it, of course, the new name reflects the wider role and the full extent of all the services that are provided. I'm so delighted as well to have met so many of you. I met them on the occasion I visited as well in 2015 when I spoke when I arrived to receive an honorary doctorate at the University of Liverpool. I think uh, simply I'm very glad to be back. Now, I think uh, as well, what is it very, very important, the ambassador mentioned yesterday, the, we formally signed as joint patrons of the Institute for Irish Studies at the University of Liverpool, His Royal Highness Prince Charles. And this is, we were doing so very, very carefully, knowing that we wanted, in fact, to give formal status to the importance of studying the presence of the Irish in Britain, and particularly the Irish, uh, the Irish in Liverpool. And I have to say, from my many conversations now with him, he and his mother, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, have continued to display a deep personal commitment to Irish-British relations. And Irish-British relations really took off in a new direction after her visit to Ireland and my return visit when I spoke of we being living in the shadow of each other and living in the shadow of each other doing so in a benevolent way of wanting to encourage friendship in the shadow of each other rather than encourage um, any anticipations of fear. And when we think about that, it is that we have reached a point of maturity where while we have a shared history in many difference in every century and we may dif- we share the, 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 the period of time and we may differ on the interpretation of the events but we have moved to a new place in which we are able to live to walk in the shoes of each other and to be able to concentrate on the present and on the future and Liverpool has such an extraordinary this most Irish of cities I've described it has such an extraordinary connection with Ireland I think that it gives an idea of, I think, in 1841, there was an already established population of 51,000 Irish in Liverpool. And I think then the next part of it, in the general area, it increased rather quickly from the the general area from 420,000 to 816,000 in the space of, of of two decades. And I, I think that those Irish that came, it has always moved me uh, to, uh, to, to, to to think about it. In 1846, 250,000 Irish arrived in Liverpool. In 1847, 380,000. And 
what I thought was very moving always was that in nine days uh, between the 18th and 26th of January 1847 173,000 people saw pool or relief in Liverpool 90% of them Irish people this was a huge tsunami of Irish people, many of them fleeing from the conditions of famine, seeking to live. Some of them were those of you Irish who were known as Garbad people. These were people hoping to take the second boat to the North America, and maybe about 30% of them did. But the others went and lit, made, built lives uh, in the Midlands and built lives in Liverpool. And they would go on uh, everywhere they went. Not just seeking to survive, but they had a great value in education. And therefore, that today, up to three quarters of those living in the Liverpool area, in one way or another, can claim Irish ancestry. I've been very interested in this, and I spoke about it when that was the theme of my, my remarks at the university when I came first in 2012. And many of those who came then, because of the huge influx of the population on an already stable population, their lives were made very difficult, and often their presence and their their, their, the, what they suffered and spun, was made a matter of political contestation but everything moved on and all their children and they were, as I said the value that was placed on education they moved into practically every day every profession and every practice and every form of work uh, in Britain but more importantly above it all and I was speaking earlier in the week about it were the people who built for example it began uh, there's of the 16,000 people who worked in the Manchester Ship Canal 5,000 were Irish people like Alton Cowley and others have written and then there was 20,000 miles of rail and then after the rail came the roads and then the housing and therefore all these areas associated with the industrial heart of Britain and so on all its basic infrastructure was provided by, uh, by by those workers and their sisters who were working in the hospitals had the great privilege of coming at a time when you had to pay to go to nursing in Ireland, you had the privilege of working in what I continue to call the, one of the great monuments to humanity the British National Health Service and they got the best training in the world and they came back to work in the Irish hospitals and others worked as I said in all of the other different services and now their children's children's children are here and it was such a great pleasure to meet those who were involved in sports and involved in culture it's today Slim Gamothi met Lowerclub they called the Scotarian because they are always it was possible in fact to be a good neighbour to be excellent at what you do but you weren't required to forget any of your Irish identity and that is why you can see one of those great posters about the Liverpool Cayley band out here and so forth and all the different expressions of music and dance and culture and very recently Edward Delaney and others have been, there's been an explosion of good writing uh, on the Irish uh, in Britain and I'm very pleased to see writing coming up from below the forgotten people in fact, I was introduced to maybe one of our most valuable historians, Sonia Tiernan, as I come in, who really has written so importantly about uh, Eva Gobooth 
and her work was in, in, in both not just as a, a, a very important contribution that she made in literally in every area, but particularly in the area of women workers. But all of those that came, they, as I mentioned, they began to make their way into very significant contributions. Michael James Whitty founded the police and fire services. Nurse Agnes Elizabeth Jones from Fahan and Donegal to the welfare of the sick and the poor before dying of typhus in 1868. And I often remind people in Ireland as well, and it's something we must do more about, is the great contribution of people like Samuel Took and others, who died himself of typhus, he and his son both, in trying to assist and help Irish uh, people suffering from the famine in Ireland. Then there was Kitty Wilkinson from Derry, who is known as the Saint of the Slums, for her work promoting health and hygiene, and William Brown from Antrim for the construction of what is now the Liverpool Central Library and the World Museum in Liverpool, which I hope to visit later today. And those are important, Central Library and Museum, but also <coughs> Liverpool Civic University, establishing university which everyone could go, not just the elite, but also establishing libraries where every child would have access to a book. All celebrations of the public world. These are the great days. And then I don't have time because it will take a whole week to talk about the contribution of T.P. O'Connor from Athlone, uh, the Irish Nationalist MP, the only one elected outside of Ireland and who represented Liverpool in the House of Commons from 1885 until he died in 1929. So, and then every now and again, then there was I was visiting the, the Museum of Music and there is Priscilla Black and we claim three of the Beatles, at least Paul McCartney, John Lennon, George Harrison, Paul Grady. Then there's in the modern period, there's Des Bishop. I think Ringo is the only one who gets away. And I think Des Bishop and Nathan Carter in the, in, in the modern period. I think there is no area of life, as I have said, into which you will not find. This is what is happening in the best of worlds when people share life together. There is no area of life in which Irish people are participating. And I also have to say, there are people from Britain who are living in Ireland and living in an island happily. And that's best expressed by the fact that there are 100,000 jobs on each side of the Irish Sea that are represented by our interactive investment with each other. And may it continue. And that's one of the reasons for my visit, irrespective of whatever happens in the proximate political events, it's so important that we build on those important valuable links of interaction that we have. I'm certain we will and I think we may need even fact actually to give even more importance to them. Now I think what is very important here I was presented with a book and so was Sabina a copy on the life of Tommy Walsh and Tommy Walsh's contribution to the Irish community not only in this city but more important through, throughout his whole life and all over Britain he was involved in every major development within the Irish community and I was so pleased to receive that book, but a bit tribute to his life, Gambuikasledge. And this centre in the community owes so much to him for working so consistently and often to bring the Irish community to be with them as they came through difficult times. And these centres are very, very important because not only I've mentioned the cultural activities and the sporting activities and the opportunities of coming together, but it's also important to realise the meaning of community and the meaning of being Irish is the degree to which you extend your vision to include every kind of vulnerability that affects your fellow Irish person, 
women, men, older people and children. And that's why I think I so want to pay tribute to the work of the, the centre, to its chair, Maura Doolan, to its trustees, staff and volunteers, and I think as well as that, I think that those as well who are putting in the effort to uh, transmit the language, to transmit the knowledge of culture. The great advantage of music, for example, it doesn't know any boundaries at all. And I think as well as that, we, this is marvellous that we're able to share this and to see people coming uh, from Liverpool to take part in the FLA, wherever it is and so on. And the local FLA here is wonderful. But I think without... A centre is one thing, but you wouldn't have a centre if you didn't have a community that wanted a centre. And you wouldn't have a great centre like this if you didn't have a great active community that was putting the work into it. So, Chris Liam Liverford, I just so want to congratulate you all. And I'm really glad that the Irish government is able to support you through the immigrant support system and may that continue. I think in particular... As I was introduced to those in charge of Sláin Shilakele held together, that's a very, very good joint project as well with Irish Community <coughs> Care. And I think something that is terribly important as well, that particular initiatives and reach out to the health needs and other needs of the, the Irish travel community through the activities of the health walks and the different health management advice and the garden I was mentioned which I may not have time to visit, the yoga and the Quivna Dementia um, support activities. I think that this is interesting as well particularly for the reach out to older people uh, to be moving on in years and to even be, you will see people the links that one had. It's very important that we encourage people to maximise the links that people keep to li- uh, keep to life. I think all of this is evolving all the time. I was pleased, particularly, to hear that so many of the Irish groups working in the different areas, that they are cooperating in their work, and I want to wish them uh, so much success. I think these traditions, these are the important ones. Uh, there is a big difference, isn't there, really, when you think about it, about the way that people at Davos might interact with each other as they look for publicity. And your good selves, in fact, we were all able to be gathered in a room here celebrating the fact that we're committed to care of communities, all communities, wherever they may be, and particularly Irish community abroad. I so wish you all health, happiness, not just for now, but for the future in every way. Thank you.